No ketchup. No ketchup. Good, my people. Welcome in to No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick to quit with me. Week 9, Bears recap another L. 24-17 down in the Superdome in New Orleans. Better than I thought they would play, to be completely honest. They, the number was opened at 7.5, went to 8.5, closed at 9. In our pick'em in the group chat, me and Nick and a couple of the close homies have a pick'em. I was on the Saints. I thought it was a great play. They probably should have covered the number. They don't end up doing so. Let's jump right into it. Big Nick to quick. We're going to give you guys a quick 20 minutes on the game. Let's round it up, right? Bears go down to New Orleans, come out extremely hot. They open the game with a touchdown. Cole Komet gets on the board early. Overall, the offense put up more total yards, 368, 5.8 yards per play. Uh, Bajent was bad in a lot of spots, but had a couple drives where he looked efficient and very competent. We'll get into all that, but five turnovers, big Nick the quick. You're never going to win a game when you lose the turnover battle five to zero. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit it right on the head, right? I think overall they played better than I thought. I thought that that number was a little bit too high. I thought that was almost a little bit too much respect for the Superdome. I don't think the Saints were that great. Look at the Bears the last few weeks. They've had moments, certainly more moments than they did the first few weeks of the season. Um, I think the first half of the game, look, man, we talked about it last week. We watch a lot of quarterbacks every week. While I don't think he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, the first half showed you and some of the other moments that he's had is that this guy should probably get an opportunity to stick around as a backup for a good amount of time. I have seen much worse quarterbacks out there playing. Now, with that being said, the, uh, the first pick, the second pick, the third pick, the fumble, they were all egregious. Um, I think they all – the, the unique thing about all of them, they all kind of highlighted why it is that he's not a starting NFL quarterback. He just doesn't have the required arm strength. You know, in the NFL, you are fitting balls into tight windows constantly. It's not about how deep you can throw the ball down the field or anything like that. It's about understanding that that window that you're going to get to throw the ball in is less than a second, right? And a lot of times you're throwing it with anticipation. It's not there yet. Um, and if you're throwing behind guys or you're laying it up there like you did for that first one, that's just getting picked off every time. So um, obviously that's something that he'll have to work on. Um, I put it on the chat yesterday. I think Foreman's a good running back. I like him. Like how he plays. I thought the defense played better. Um, I think the offensive line played decent. Um, but, yeah, you're not going to win a game turning the ball over five times, especially in those spots where we ended up having some of those turnovers, like the back-to-back ones. Um, it was back-to-back-to-back to end the game, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, but I, with that being said, we were in this game. We had a massive opportunity to win this game several different times. But, yeah, you're not going to do it, um, turn the ball over like that. So I guess the hope that it would give me is if Fields comes back, right, hoping that he's not going to make those same type of mistakes. And I get it. He's not perfect from a turnover perspective, but we know he has the arm strength to complete some of those passes and different things like that. If fields come back, we can win some ball games maybe, but it is what it is, man. I mean, I think at this point we're just kind of grasping for, for, for straws. Yeah. no. Also, also game ball for me is for Cole Komet. I think over the past two seasons, Cole Komet 
through in the face of everything that's going on around this team offensively, Cole Komet has been productive. He was productive last year with Fields when he was literally the only capable pass catcher on the field. He's been productive this year. That touchdown catch was spectacular. Like, that is a big-time catch. And I think he's been doing that for a couple years now, right? He scores a lot of touchdowns. He always seems to put himself in the right spot. For a guy who you and I both gave a lot of flack to for his first two years in the league, just saying, hey, no, this guy is I not even, a, I think in our defense, it wasn't flack. We used to call for we used to call for him to get the ball. It was yeah, like, hey, why field, isn't this guy getting the, the ball? What, yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. You, He's a first-round yeah. pick. He's right. a young, skilled guy for Let's a team that has. doesn't have any skill players. And yeah. we're not getting him the ball. I think in our defense, it was more just like, I don't know if this guy's any good because Nagy won't get him the rock. They won't, they won't play him. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So, yeah. For, and I, so that, that, that's my game ball for sure, man. Like I said, I think he, he, he is a legitimate, um, a legitimate NFL tight end. So, but, you know, again, you're not going to win the game, turn the ball over five times. Yeah. I, to go back to, and I'll get to Komet because I completely agree. Actually, I'll start with Komet just because that's where you left it. Absolutely, an NFL tight end. He that the first touchdown catch is spectacular. Spectacular. He has the frame. He has the hands. He's active. He can block quite a quite well as as well. That's a good part of his game. So yeah, Cole Komet is definitely an NFL guy across the board. And I would and I would say if you put him in a lot of different spots in the league, we're talking about potential Pro Bowl type of guy. All pro. We're talking like. I'm gonna tell that story tomorrow. That shit really pissed that shit really pissed me off, man. Because like do you when you think you know when you think of NFL all pros, do you know what you think about? It's not that dude. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Uh, so we'll we'll get to, we'll get to that uh tomorrow on the episode. But um our weekly show, I got a story for you guys on the NFL All Pro that is wilding. So stay tuned for that. I would I would beg to differ that if you put him in a couple different situations across the league, Cole Komet could be an 85 to 90 catch guy. Without a doubt. That's how impactful I think he could be. Um, hopefully he continues to grow. Hopefully Fields continues to grow or whoever's the quarterback for the Bears here going forward. Um, I expect Justin Fields to try to get on the field next week. He should. He's got to be feeling the pressure. Even though yes. they just turning the ball over, he got to get back on the field ASAP. If you can grip that rock enough, it's a really sensitive situation because if you can grip it enough, you don't want to go out there and be hurt and look really bad, right? And then you don't, and then because then in the press conference, you can't come out and say, I'm like 70%. I couldn't really grip it because then that looks bad. So you need to be healthy enough to where you feel good about the game you're going to put on tape. But he needs to get back on the field ASAP. To go back to Beijing. What were they calling him yesterday? Nick Mather. Oh my God. Who was call, who was the play by play? The play by play called him Tayson Bajan four straight quarters. Tayson. Nobody and, uh, nobody corrected him. It's an easy it. fix, too. Because also everybody has, around him is calling him Tyson and he Tayson. Every and every uh, a producer just needs to come in his ear and say, yo. Hey man. Hey man, his name is Tyson, like Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Not Tayson. That's yeah. easy fix. Easy so fix. I don't know why that wasn't addressed <laughs> throughout the game. But, yes, uh, Tyson Bajant, it's glaring how weak his arm is. The decision-making is let, – let's be honest. 
let's say, because I think people are going back and forth about what can Bajan do better than Fields, and is he a better quarterback, and this, that, and the third, right? I'll say this. What Bajan does better than Fields, his decision-making is quicker. He sees it. He gets through progressions faster. His release is faster. He gets to the drop at the top of his drop faster. Everything else all is all Justin Fields in a landslide, if we're being completely honest. Until it's Bajan, time to throw it, yeah. Bajan moves pretty well. Some of the run. runs, some wheels. Some of the runs that Bajan broke off yesterday, though, I think Justin Fields ends that game with 150 yards rushing in some of those spots. Sure. Now, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Maybe he doesn't have those rushing windows because he's not completing some of the passes that Tyson is. But there's a few things Bajan does better than Justin Fields. Let's just be honest. I I I want Justin Fields to to win. But it's clear that Bajan does a few things better than him, and Fields does a few things better than Bajan. There's no doubt about that. But it is glaring how weak Tyson Bajan's arm is. And I got to give Benick the quick credit. I didn't really put this together. In the first start at, at Soldier Field, we had a spot to, to throw a Hail Mary. And I, didn't know why, I don't know why I didn't think about this. But they brought Nathan Peterman on. Cold. To, to cold. Cold hasn't done anything to throw the ball – Hey, and this wasn't like from the 40. We were on like our the, – the opponent's like 45. And we were trying to get the ball in the end zone. They brought in Peterman to throw the Hail Mary. I would say two of those three picks don't happen for a lot of other quarterbacks because they are able to hit that window. He was trying to fit – he was trying to throw balls in the windows that he thought were there, but they were just purely an arm strength throw, and he couldn't get it there. Yeah, he saw That's it. it. He saw it. He saw he it. He saw a little no space. Problem. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, get, it couldn't get it there. <laughs> yeah, couldn't get it there. So, so the, the arm strength is extremely glaring. I tweeted out, it reminds me of Peyton post-neck surgery. It reminds me of an old, old Drew Brees. Do you remember Drew Brees at the end, bro? Yeah. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball 15 the ball yards field at all. Yeah. Like at all. <laughs> right. So, which, is, which is the difference between college and the NFL, right? I mean, especially D2. Those D2 windows were probably massive. Those NFL windows, they're just not there for very long, if at all. Yeah, exactly. They close on you quick. Now, to go back to Bajan and the arm strength, I want you to go look at CJ Stroud tape. The way this fucking guy gets the ball out, <laughs> the release, where it comes from, there's no wasted motion. It is all – I don't think the ball from on C.J. Stroud comes below his um his sternum. No, not sternum. Flawless. What's the chest? Chest is sternum, right? Chest, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think right under you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, sternum. Yeah. yeah. It's like he, the ball yeah. doesn't come below the sternum. He's here, here, here. Mm-hmm. Accurate, zip. It reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow, to be completely honest. For sure. Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. I, I think the release, I, the, the release is right up there with Joe Burrow and CJ Stroud. Go watch the tape. It's actually really spectacular. So that's the difference between a D1 NFL top two pick versus Shepherd University. Or Shepherd, oh, is it college? University. Is it college or is it university? Uh, they hand out degrees. <laughs> <laughs> degree. It's a, it's a nationally accredited institution. That's all I know. 
You said they take they, they take taking people's money too. Yeah, they'll uh, take your money, man. They'll well, take your call money. Hickley yeah. calls whatever you want to institute. <laughs> I don't give a damn. <laughs> as long as, as, long as those tuition checks. I want to. Sh- I want to. Hey, I want to Shepherd Institute hey, of Technology. If it's, <laughs> yeah, sure, if it's college or university, <laughs> they both call it tuition. You they get what I'm saying? Tuition, so man, you got to It's the same, 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 but different. And look, and also, I mean, I think we need to be very clear, like, because I think I don't want to find myself in this toxic camp that I'm seeing on Twitter, which is becoming very, like, racial. It's getting weird out there, like, the whole badging thing. It's like, if you're black, you're supposed to think he sucks. And if you're a white dude from Aurora, you're supposed to think he's the greatest thing ever. And I'm not subscribing (laughs) to either of those camps. Like I said, we watch a lot of quarterbacks and have for a long time. He is good enough to have an NFL career. Tyson Bajan? When his NFL career is over, he should look at his bank account and be very, very satisfied because he is absolutely has the, the the knowledge, right? He can play in the spots, I feel like, and he's done enough to show he can play in the NFL. He's just not a starter, and when you're debating with him against someone like Justin Fields where the physical tools are just that much more prominent, you're going to go with Fields, and that's why it's on the coaching staff, right? That's why you take someone like Fields and you coach him up and you say, this is a this is a gym, right? And because we're competent coaches, we need to figure out how to get the best out of him, right? When, when Wimbayama shows up to uh, San Antonio, what's Popovich saying? Hey, man, this guy, there's a lot there. I need to, as a coaching staff, we got to focus on getting the best out of him, right? You talked about CJ Stroud. When he gets there, we got to make sure we're focusing on putting the best around him, right? We know we're not a great team. We know it's going to be bumpy in the beginning, but are we putting him in positions to where we're going to take all that talent, all that ability, and do something with it, right? And it's just never felt like that for Fields. And that's why it's so hard for me to be like, yeah, we need to go draft another guy, or yeah, I'm out on him, when in reality, we probably can be. Right. But it's hard because I just don't feel like the guy's gotten a fair shake at the quarterback position in the city of Chicago. Again, his first year as head coach didn't want him. His second year, you got rid of anything resembling talent and pretty much said, hey, we're going to try to lose a bunch of games and get a high draft pick. And then coming into this year, it's a disaster for the first few weeks. Right. You're not playing to his strengths. So it's not an anti it's not an anti badget thing at all, man. Like, again, I think I, I think. All things considered, again, this guy was starting game a year ago on Saturday. He was starting a game probably in front of 800 people. You know what I mean? Like, let's keep it real. And then yesterday he started a game at the fucking Superdome, right? And gave the team a chance to win and played really well in the first half. So it's not an anti-badget thing. I don't want that to come off as that. But, like, we just know he's you're not moving forward with this guy like that. This isn't Brock Purdy, right? You didn't discover something where it's like, oh, shit, like, yeah, he can he can make all the throws. He can be our guy. It's not that. Um, that's why we have to get fields back. There are eight games left essentially for him to save his career in Chicago. And after what I saw on Saturday night, I don't want Bryce. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Your man's Caleb Williams. I'm good. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what your backup plan is, but that ain't it for me. It's a lot tougher in the city of Chicago than it is in uh, sunny Southern California. I promise you that with an NIL deal. Yeah, you said it's a little. It's gonna be a little tougher playing a little uh, bit tougher. Vikings. Those tears than, will freeze. Then, then the University then of Washington, the, then or the Washington, and Huskies. at the at the <laughs> in Southern California at the yeah. crib. 
Yeah. Yes, and that come, is yeah. that's a whole nother pod. Well, whole nother we, can pod. Actually, we can actually talk about that. No, because well, that's the option though. That's what you're looking at. I mean, you want to talk about turnovers. Caleb Williams has bad turnovers. I know your no. your thing is he has to be Superman every week for sure. Some yeah. of those fumbles, some of those turnovers, and some of those no, pops yeah. for this guy I, I, are massive. I haven't been sold on Caleb you, and you in the NFL been, yeah, in, yeah. since the beginning. So or there's like the no surefire thing that. that they try to make him sound like he is, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Go look at Lincoln Riley's track record on on those guys too. That's a he's a they're sensational in college, somewhat mediocre in the pros, but just his game style and gameplay is. You consider Hurts a Lincoln sense. Riley guy, or is Hurts just a Jalen Hurts guy? No, Hurts is a Lincoln Riley guy. Did the for year. sure? He got part of it. I think he made massive strides in the passing game because of Lincoln Riley. Yeah, also because of the Big Twelve. But still, yeah, still, for sure. yeah. no doubt, he was airing it out that last year in Oklahoma. With what? Airing it out. <laughs> he was airing it out. <laughs> he was airing it out. Airing it out. What you yeah, talking he was about? Airing it out. I got a couple. You you gave out a game ball to Cole Komet. Let's talk about some of this the the defensive side of the rock because that's Ebra Flutes and that's what he focuses on. TJ Edwards, bro. Good player. This guy is awesome. For a guy that doesn't have much help around him, every single week he is everywhere, absolutely everywhere. TJ Edwards, 15 total tackles, 10 solo, one for one for loss. Hey, man, they only had two QB hits. He had one of them. He's at the top of the He's defensive the board every single week for the Chicago Bears. Shout out TJ Edwards. He is one of the best linebackers in the NFC. I, I have no doubt in my mind about that. Jack Sanborn, another player. I like Jack. I've been I like, like Jack. Jack. Yeah. I told you about Jack a couple years ago when I you've first on, saw him. You've been on Sanborn, yeah. I said, oh, yeah, this dude is an NFL linebacker, period, play, yeah. point blank. Straight all man, business. Yeah. All business, All a, a Big Ten kid. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm, in on Jack Sanborn. He's local, right? I think he – I don't know if he's local. I know he went to Wisconsin. But I don't know if he's a he's a Chicago he's area like a Arlington Heights or something like that type Chicago guy. Lake Zurich. Guy. He's a Lake Zurich. He went to Lake okay. Zurich. Yeah, yeah. From, from yeah. Here, so yeah, dude. I'm. I'm I like the part. One hundred percent. Yeah. I, I would run T.J. Edwards and Jack Sanborn out there together all day. Ten total tackles, eight solo yeah. for Jack Sanborn. He's also all over the place. Linebackers, linebacker. I love his game. A couple of couple of notes here that I would love your comment on. I'll give you one more game ball. Actually, real quick, yeah. just one yeah. more game ball. Tevin yeah. Jenkins. Destroying people. He's awesome. He's he's nasty, which is what we heard about him when they draft. I love whenever I hear the lineman described as nasty coming out the draft. That's yeah, what I want. I want, I want, like I want my lineman to be pouncy brother type, nasty Richie Incognito uh, type character. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's Olin Cruz. You know what I mean? Like those type of guys. Uh, I don't man, want. Any I forgot about Richie line. Incognito. Know, Richie yeah. Incognito, bro. <laughs> Was a wild boy. Incognito was a wild boy. Incognito was a wild boy. So shout out Tevin Jenkins, man. Constantly getting out on the second level, laying people out. He's a mean, mean, mean football player. Him and uh him and Darnell. Uh, I don't know why I always forget Darnell. Come on, right? right? Yeah, yeah, him right. and Darnell Wright. I like that. I like that side of the line. Uh good job by those guys. Yeah, man. Oh, man, that's so funny. Incognito. Definitely, definitely cocaine. <laughs> cocaine is involved, whatever he's doing. <laughs> A lot of it. Oh man, that's so good. I forgot Richie. about Richie Incognito. 
A couple things I want your comment on here because these were interesting. I pulled these from the the Kevin Fishbane article uh, on the on the the Athletic. Shout out Kevin. Back to back games without a sack for the second time this year. Mont uh, Sweat was out there. Montez Sweat. He uh, he didn't do too much to open his campaign with the Bears. We thought he was busy he at might. the bank. He was busy at the bank. He had to tie, <laughs> he had to tie up some loose ends. Right, actually, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> let, let me get through these, and then we'll come back to that that contract, and then we'll get out of here. But back-to-back games without a sack for the second time this year. Eight games without a sack under Eberflus in 26 games. <clears throat> Fourth time, no sacks, no takeaways in, Eber, in the Eberflus reign. No sacks, no takeaways versus Carr. Derek Carr likes to give it away. He will. And we not, couldn't not find immune him. to interceptions. Hey, no sacks, no takeaways. Four times under Ibraflus. That only happened five times under Lovey Smith's entire coaching stint for the Bears. Lovey wasn't going for that. Lovey, that's Lovey, you was taking food off. I guarantee you when that happened on Monday morning, you, that's when you saw Lovey upset. No takeaways, no <laughs> sacks. Yeah, I love you. You're trying to get us fired <laughs> out here? Jiminy nah, Crickets, man. what are you guys doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, so, yeah, man. That uh those were some interesting numbers. Any comments on those? I'm obviously getting pressure on the quarterback's minute yeah. issue. And then we'll talk about that, and then that'll lead us into the it's not all personnel, man. If you're deal. a defensive head coach and you're able to scheme, we talk about it all the time, man. Like that that's a that's a coaching issue. No sacks, no pressures, and oh, I'm sorry, no pressures, no uh turnovers. And I thought that those were core pillars of the hits principle. I haven't seen too much of this hits principle in the two years of Matt Eberflus as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. This team does not force turnovers. They don't create pressure on the cornerback. It doesn't look like it's not fun to play defense against this team. It looks like teams almost or, or teams almost look forward uh, to going against this defense. So, yeah, man, I mean, again, this is a defensive head coach, and we're one of the worst defenses in the NFL and have been for two years. And bringing in Montez Sweat isn't going to fix that. Like, all that to me is just like, yeah, we don't have the personnel. It's almost like, yeah, we'll talk about it. Oh, go ahead. That's Eberflus's problem. He's 5-21. and His defenses don't look good. There's nothing on the defensive side of the ball that you can hang your hat on. A lot of guys I feel like have regressed. Um, I don't know what else to say He's yeah, a defensive I mean, head coach that does. Yeah, coach. a defensive head coach that gets no pressures and creates no turnovers. Yeah, <laughs> so what do you do? So what do you do? <laughs> there's nothing really. There's nothing yeah. really else to say. I, 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 yeah, exactly. It's the numbers speak for themselves. That's a yes. crazy stat that that's happened eight times. Yes, in 26 games. Yeah, no sacks in eight games, and then no sacks, no turnovers in four. That's 30 percent of his games that he's co- that he's been in charge of the defense. Uh, They've got no sacks on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I should have looked up pressures because then that that that's. Because sometimes you don't get there all the way, right? But we've seen games, Nick, where the no, guy no, doesn't no. get there, but they're creating havoc on every yeah. every pass play. Like this I don't dude see can't pressure. do anything. You, yeah. pre- pre- you can see that with your eyes. The team does not put pressure on the quarterback. I don't need to see the percentages or anything like that to tell you the team does not put pressure on the quarterback. Quarterbacks are operating from clean pockets on this team every single week. Yeah, he's a bad head coach. Listen, you know what? You know he's a bad head coach because they also keep trotting out. Like this is it has to be a sick joke at this point. How many more times do we have to see video evidence that Bellis Jones cannot handle a football at the NFL level? I mean, we've been talking about this since Matt Nagy. I don't want to talk about this, dude. But, I mean, do you understand? Like, how how does – 
No one stays in the league. Rashawn Salam, who won a fucking Heisman, was out of the league because of fumbling. And he was a Heisman Trophy winner. He wasn't Bellas Jones Jr. Rest in peace, Rashawn Salam. But, like, come uh, on, pro- man. Yeah, rest in peace, Rashawn Salam. Shout out primetime in the Colorado Buffs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, like, my man's cannot hold. He can't field a punt. He can't hold on to a kickoff return. He can't. We talked about I said this last week. He can't not run into a punter. And they're all big spots. He can't hold on to the ball. It's almost like Aguilar at this point where it's like it gets in your head. And these yeah. guys, it's just like maybe it is just what it is. I can't believe they keep trotting him out there, man. You cannot tell me that there's not another guy on the roster with speed because all I've seen him do is run fast. Yeah, I agree. Hundred percent, and I don't want to talk. I don't want to bury any any time on Velas Jones Jr. He has no he has no business being he has no business being in the NFL. <laughs> it's just as simple as that. All right, let's talk about this uh, Montez Sweat deal. Bears four year, ninety eight million dollars in new money. Now we know about that. I don't care about that number. That number does nothing for me. You could sign Montez Sweat to a six year, three hundred and fifty million dollar deal, and I wouldn't blink. Until I saw the guaranteed money. The guaranteed money was massive though. $72.8 million in total guarantees. Now, before I get your comments, Nick, you laid out a perfect person to compare this deal to. And that's Max Crosby. And I have another one I'm going to give you. And then we'll talk about overall. Max Crosby in March 2022. So last season, last offseason or right after the year last year, in March 2022, Max Crosby, one of the best, and let's be clear, one of the best edge rushers in the NFL, top three, four guy, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt. There's there's Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Micah Parsons, Max Crosby is up there with those guys. Like, he's in the top five of edge rushers, Max Crosby. He signed a... Four year with fifty three million guaranteed just last year. Montez Sweat got an additional twenty million dollars in guaranteed money on top of that, and he's not of Max Crosby's ilk. What? Hold a candle, so man. You, saw, you saw yesterday. Crosby's a fucking monster. He's a monster. He like Montez Sweat. Rick's havoc. Yes, Montez Sweat is not Max Crosby. Also, don't forget they gave up a two. I have another <laughs> comparison for you, Big Nick the Quick. Rashawn Gary, right up the street in yeah. Green Bay. He signed a four-year 96. Remember, who cares about that? The fully guaranteed is only $34.6 million. And he's 25. And he and he's 25, about to turn 26 in like a few weeks. That's double the guaranteed money. And his Montez production Sweat is had. on par with Sweats as far as sacks, right? Yes. Like Crosby has a few no more double, sacks no Sweat. double, no double digit sacks. Six, exactly. seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. He, he that, that's on par with what we're dealing with. So, I think Matt. First of all, I just laid out Max Crosby as a top five edge rusher in the league. He got twenty more million dollars guaranteed than Max Crosby. Then, if you want to talk about a deal, Rashawn Gary signed that to what two weeks ago? Yeah. Rashawn Gary signed. Yeah, look up that the, the date on when Rashawn Gary signed that. But I'm Rashawn Gary signed that about two weeks ago. He literally signed on the thirtieth. Yeah, yeah, four years, one hundred seven million. Yeah. But like you said, yeah, it's not a. Uh... He signed. Okay, that's perfect. Rashawn Gary signed that deal last week. Yeah, last week. Montez Montez Sweat, who is on par with Gary, 
gets double the guaranteed and you give up a second round pick for him and he's older than Rashawn Gary, it's an overpay. It's a flat out overpay. When you have to give up a two, double the guaranteed money, you got smoked on that on that contract, in my opinion. Now, to play a little devil's advocate against myself, because I believe it's an overpay. Sometimes you, I guess you have to over you have to overpay to get good guys and fill out the roster. But you don't, but you don't put yourself in a position to have to overpay. And that's exactly what Poles and the squad did. Once you move the two in the middle of the season for a middle of the pack edge rusher, you're forced to overpay it. So I don't really understand it. It's uh, overall, when you look at good business and you look at bad business around the league, this would file this would file in the bad business side for me. Yeah, and I know there's a lot of uh, the, 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 there's a lot of Twitter people. Um, well, it's not your money. Why do people care? It's not your money. It's not. Yeah, Lance Briggs that. tweeted a, that. Yeah. Dude, I, you know, actually, I want to bring that up because I, I'm gonna I want to say exactly what Lance Briggs said because I thought it was idiotic. And I love Lance Briggs. Yeah, I, I don't really understand where he's getting at with this. He tweeted, and if you yeah, if you guys didn't see it, he said, "I he said have a question for fans. Why is it whenever your team signs an athlete to a new contract or extension that you deem excessive or above market value, you complain we overpaid? It's not actually your money. So why does the value of the contract matter so much to you? It is that that might be one of uh, I'm baffled by that tweet. I we as fans are concerned. No, we're not paying the salary out of our pocket, but does he know how the NFL works? Right. There's a salary cap. And if you use it up on guys that aren't worth it, then you can't fill out the roster with other guys with the additional money that you bring in or that you have on the sheet. And if you can't fill out the roster with better guys with additional money on the sheet. You have, you don't have as, like, this is, I, I almost can't even articulate, like, how confusing that tweet was to me. Clearly, you know how the cap works, Lance Briggs. If you use it up and spend on guys that are not worth the number, then you have less salary cap to go get other guys to fill out a roster that needs six or seven more guys. Damn near on both sides of the ball. No, I'm not paying the salary myself. But if you want to see resources are limited, you only yeah. yeah. What are we talking about? I don't understand that tweet from Lance. That's I mean, and look, Lance is a player, right? And remember, Lance was having a hard time getting a deal, and he always felt like he should have been paid on the 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 Erlacher side, and he wasn't, and he should have been. Yeah, it was awesome. Brian Erlacher was a good good was a good linebacker for the Bears. Great linebacker for the Bears. Let's be honest. Lance Briggs was a phenomenal linebacker for the Bears for a longer stretch of time. Yeah. Lance Briggs was awesome for the Bears. He's one of my favorite Bears of all time, Lance Briggs. He was awesome. He cleaned up a lot of the messes that Erlacher would make in a lot of spots. And so I got big love. You ever heard Lance Briggs' Labor Day quote? No. (laughs) So he was opening up a steakhouse in San Francisco, or a barbecue spot in San Francisco Uh uh, over Labor Day weekend. And the Bears had practice on Labor Day, and Briggs didn't show up because he was opening up his uh, restaurant. So yeah. they asked him about it. He goes, I mean, it's Labor Day. Do you work on Labor Day? 
This was at the end when like he was completely checked out. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. like, Labor Day. Do you work on Labor Day? Yeah, it's like, nah, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's completely the, checked the, out. The old Lance didn't come back the next year, but yeah, shout out. So that was, that was a that's an old player Lance quote. Like, man, let these guys get their money. I dude, yeah. we've we've mentioned this so many times on this podcast. We're player first guys always. I love when guys get paid, but man, that's an overpay. It's simple. Yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing else to say about it. And Any when you add in the second you? round pick on a team that needs guys, like it's not like we're filling out a couple spots here. Like if you look at the Chicago Bears roster, how many guys do you truly like? Like how many guys are you like, yeah, I'm really comfortable moving forward with? There's not that many. Like we need guys. We need second round picks. We need talented guys in the building. We need guys that we can develop. Like, so yeah, giving up that number two when you just burned a number two last year and it's going to be the same type situation where it's going to be a very high two the two last year essentially was a one because someone had a pick taken away from him so it was a top 32 pick um but you just get them on a cheaper contract which matters and the same thing's going to happen this year man these, these and this isn't the nba wait why does that around. matter nick why does that matter what's that the second uh, the getting second a young round, guy first, first round? Young, yeah because he's because he, he's cheaper he's cheap. And he takes less of the cap. And he takes which less of the cap. You which need because, because you need more money. players. Listen, so Lance Brick, like what we yeah, talking? It about? does matter, man. Spending that kind of money does matter. Overpaying does matter, right? Like it's not. And again, it's not against Sweat. I'm sure Montez Sweat is a fine player. I watch a lot of NFL. I cannot tell you my favorite Montez Sweat moment. And <laughs> if you're paying me that kind of money, if you're, I'm mean, paying me. If you're paying that kind of money, I got be able. I can tell you Max Crosby moments. I, I could tell you last yesterday, if you watch the Giants game, he had several of them. He was a, a, a world beater in that game, right? Same thing with – and I got Bosa's. Those guys are on a different planet. Miles Garner is on a different planet. But even Rashawn Gary, right? Like these are the guys that you fear. I've never feared Montez. We played them three weeks ago. I don't remember anything about Montez Sweat. Hassan Reddick. Who? Hassan Reddick on yeah, Philly. All the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Moments. Yeah, nice. yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like – that that's for like oh, yes yeah I, I, it, it's just it's an overpay if you, if watch, you re, if you remove the second round pick it's an overpay when you add the second round pick on top of it it's surely an overpay no question so yeah man I don't know we'll see how it it's ends not up one where I'm like yeah th- great job for them for doing something like even Claypool last year remember I was like hey man I'm happy they did something yeah um this, I don't I'm not even I don't understand why you also had to do this deal this year yeah like you could have. You could have waited unless this was a guy you absolutely had to have. And again, it's not like you made a Bosa trade. It's not like the Khalil Mack trade or anything like that. Like you're not bringing in some generational guy. He's 27. So by the time this deal's over, he'll be 31, 32 years old. Name me your favorite 32-year-old edge rusher. I'll wait. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, man. These guys, we're yeah. gonna, hey, listen, guys, we'll, we'll be here next year. We'll be here the year after that. We'll be here the year after that. We're going to run out of things. That t- I can't believe we have to do this seven more times. I don't know what's left to talk about. Hopefully, if Fields doesn't come back, I had nothing. <laughs> it, it just, what do you want? What, what, what are we doing here, man? Like, this is the definition of rudderless. We, we're actually rudderless. Bears on primetime <laughs> on Thursday night against, out. against the Panthers, which is interesting yeah. because a little more motivation to win. Keep, keep burying the Panthers. Shit and, and try to figure out a way to get that number one pick out yeah, of those boys. The look ahead line was minus one and a half on the Bears. I talked about it. I was talking about it with Eli. Like we should probably take that right now before the slate. Nick, I'm we're gonna start chatting about the look ahead. I was 
Nobody's paying really attention wise. to the next yeah. week. I was looking because I was already had all my plays locked in. I was looking at the plays uh, going into like Sunday, like Saturday morning. Doug, the Lions were plus one against the Chargers. That's now minus like one and a half. The the Bears were minus one and a half. They're now minus three. The money line on the Bears at one point was minus one twenty five. It's minus one fifty five now. So we could try to get ahead of some of those numbers. We might have a spot where it's some bad luck where we we run into an injury and someone gets hurt the week prior playing, but that's just going to be the risk you take and to to get the best number. So stay Sometimes tuned there. That could work out for you. Imagine if you yes. had the uh, who the Cardinals play and then they traded a quarterback in the middle of the season, middle of the week. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, about, yeah nice. how about the people that backed Minnesota? And they are back to Atlanta thinking they were going to play Jaron Hall. And he went out in the first, what, three drives. And then Dobbs comes in and starts dealing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dobbs fucking. Shout out Rocket Boy. Yeah, shout out Dobbs, man. Josh Dobbs has been playing pretty pretty well in some really bad. all year. Bro, Arizona Cardinals is a bad situation. Then he goes over to Minnesota on a short week. And they said that Kevin O'Connell was feeding him the plays and telling him what they were in the huddle. Like, this is the, like, here's, here's the route tree. And he was working on the cadence before the game. Bro, they were talking him through this. Like, that's crazy. Shout out Josh Dobbs, man. That's very, very impressive. Bears on Thursday night football. So we'll talk to you on Friday to break that down. No catch up. Sports talk via Chicago. Bears take a week nine loss 24-17 down in New Orleans. Let's see who plays quarterback on Thursday. Could it be Justin Fields? We will find out. For Big Nick the Quick, Nick Harvey, I'm your host, Sean Little. No catch up. Sports Talk via Chicago. We'll see y'all next time.